Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... Your next storyteller is not actually a cast member of Game of Thrones. He's actually just from the UK. Uh, He's done this show twice before. Guys, give it up for him. Simon Heseltine. Prepare yourselves for a tale of personal woe. A story of illegal activities that I was never caught for, but paid a price for. And worst of all, it's set in the 80s. So if this was the movie of this story we would see the camera on the earth and we'd see it start zooming in. We'd see the UK, Derbyshire, Hadfield, my parents' front room. It's a Saturday morning, 9am, 1985. I'm 14 years old. I'm sitting there watching Champion the Wonder Horse, which is a 1955 American serial that nobody's ever heard of, but was continually played by the BBC because it was cheap. The phone rings. It's my dad. My mother answers it. Everyone at his work has called in sick, apart from him and the assistant manager. He works in an electrical store in a town called Oldham in Lancashire, which is a 25-minute drive away. He asks if I could come in and help out. So I jump on a bus, and I get there in about an hour. And I work selling hair dryers and shavers and all small electrical goods, uh, steam irons and so forth. And I guess I did okay because he kept asking me to come back and it became my regular Saturday job. Flash forward about a year and my dad has left. I'm still working there. My dad left to found his own bookies, which is all perfectly legal in the UK, high street stores. And he did this with two friends of his, a father and son, Eric and Stephen Webb. Eric, sorry, Stephen had just had a child. So there was a christening. My entire family was invited to the christening, my parents, my sister Anna and myself. I, I don't really remember much about the christening, but I remember the after party at the Spinner's Arms public house. I'm 15 years old. And my dad said, it's a celebration. You can have something to drink if you want. But you're only allowed half a pint. My dad's friend Alan comes over and says, What would you like? I said, I'll have a cider, please. So he goes away and brings me back a pint of cider. And then for about every half hour, another one of my father's friends brings me another pint of cider. After about four or five of those, I'm feeling rather merry, not having drunk before. And my parents said, it's time to go home. The pub's closing. It's seven o'clock. Let's leave. I step outside with them. And suddenly, it's like two extra pints just were forced down my throat. I was fine inside. I was walking normally. As soon as I stepped outside and hit the fresh air, I'm staggering. I am struggling to walk straight. 
So my parents helped me the half a mile downhill back to their house. My mother was not impressed. And what she said was, you're going upstairs to bed, you're going to sleep this off. I'm like, okay. Went up to my room. By now it's about 7.30. 7.30 on Sundays in the UK, a show called Last of the Summer Wine came on. About three old Yorkshiremen wandering around the hills and dales, having minor adventures. I wanted to watch it. So I turned my 12-inch black and white television on. Um, for those who aren't of age, that was before there was color on televisions, at least in my room. And in the back of that television was a little jack that you could put your earbuds in. I actually had a 12-foot set of earbuds, so I could lay in bed and watch from a distance this 12-inch black and white television. So naturally, all I had to do was plug this into the jack at the back. For some reason, in my inebriated state, this jack appeared to have shrunk, and the connector appeared to have grown in size, because it didn't really fit. I kept trying and trying to... No, it wasn't working. And of course, the noise alerted my parents, who came in, took the TV set, and sent me to bed, where I slept it off. Flash forward about six months later. It's the end of comprehensive school. 16 years old. We finished all our O-level exams. We're getting ready to go on to our uh, sixth-form colleges, which is from 16 to 18. A tradition at my school was that all the leavers would go to one of the local pubs and have a drink illegally. But it was kind of a... It was the 80s. That kind of thing was not so much frowned on. In fact, one of the teachers would be designated to unofficially go along as well and just make sure nobody was getting too silly. So we all went there and I decided I was going to have a beer for the first time. And one of my friends said to me, well, you, you don't want to just have it by itself. You know, the, the taste isn't that great. You know, maybe put some, something in it. Have some lime in it. So I ordered a lager and lime and it was okay. I mean, the taste wasn't too bad. And I think we were all allowed two drinks each. So we had those. Everything was fine. We all left. School ended. No problem. Jump forward about a month. My friend Debbie Gerard calls me. It's a Friday night, about six o'clock. She says, Hey, I'm going to have the gang over, a group of friends. We're going to have Pam. Simon George, Everard Edwards, Terry Watson, Peter Challoner. We're all, they're all going to be over. Do you want to come as well? My parents are away. We're going to have a fun evening. Sounds like fun. Why not? I'll go. Oh, but you have to bring something to drink. I'm like, ah, okay. I've got work in the morning, but I'll get something alcoholic. So I went and bought Shandy. For anybody that doesn't know what Shandy is... It's basically a tiny little bit of beer with a lot of lemonade or, or 7-Up Sprite kind of thing. The alcohol, it's what kids drink. The alcohol content is somewhere between 0.25 and 0.5. There is no way anybody ever gets drunk on Shandy. There is no way whatsoever. So I get to Debbie's and I walk into her place. And it's an old mill town 
Um, so, but but I, I hadn't hit puberty at that point, so I wasn't that bothered that her ceilings were only six feet. Now that would be a bit of an issue for me. So I go in with my shandy. I'm all proud carrying this bottle. And I see what everybody else has brought. The whiskey, the gin, the beer. Okay. So I sit there and drink my shandy for a bit. And then I, then I catch some whiskey off Terry. I, I get a little bit of gin off Debbie. And probably you know, have a few drinks. But not, nothing too bad. The only memorable thing about that evening was Terry Watson was opening one of the bottles. And I guess there was a a foil on the top, so he had a little knife. And he managed to slice the middle of his thumb open. And he'd been drinking a lot of whiskey at this point. So he starts to get a bit worried that it's bleeding heavily. So someone says to him, well, all you've got to do with that, you've just got to put antiseptic on it. And alcohol is the best antiseptic. So he's like, okay, that makes sense. He gets the whiskey, pours it on his thumb. That blood-curdling scream will stick with me for the rest of my life. (laughs) It was also hilarious. Poor Terry, poor Terry. So that was the end of the evening, 11.30. I walked the half mile down the street home. Debbie's house was actually directly across from the spinner's arms. So this time, the walk was no problem. The next morning, I go into work. It's the second manager since my father left as manager of this store. By now, I have upgraded myself. I'm selling washing machines, televisions, videos, vacuum cleaners, fridge freezers, the whole lot. And I'm good at it. And the new manager says, I'm going to do a sales contest today. Whoever sells the most today gets a bottle of Spanish wine. Which I'm sure it cost him maybe, you know, five dollars, if that. But to me, right, hey, free alcohol, I'll take that. And indeed, when we got to the end of the day, the score on the door said, Simon, up at the top. And I got that bottle of Spanish plonk. And I took that home. The next Friday, Debbie calls me. Hey, we're going to do the same thing again. We're going to have the same gang here. Come up and bring something to drink. Aha, thinks I. This time, I've got the wine. I can repay those from last week who would let me have some of their alcohol. They can have some of my wine. I'm actually going to be one of the cool kids for once. Yay! I get to the door knock on it. Debbie opens it. Here's where the gotcha comes in. She says, by the way, we've all been talking. This week, you're only allowed to drink what you've brought yourself. Inside, I smile. Reverse gotcha. I bought the wine. This is all for me now. You don't get any. So I walk in, I open that wine, and I pour that wine, and I drink that wine, and I finish that bottle of wine. There are some hazy recollections at that point. I seem to remember 
Terry Watson had a couple of cans of Carlsberg Special Brew, which is a particularly cheap and nasty beer. And I seem to remember that I drank a couple of those. My next memory (laughs) is 7am the following morning, with my dad shaking me in bed. Get up. I I don't feel well, Dad. Get up, you're going to work. No, I I don't think I can. Yes, you can. Get up and get dressed. So I get out of bed. As I start to get dressed, I look down. And I notice there isn't much in the way of skin on my knees. So here's what I pieced together before then. (laughs) Apparently, at about 1, 1.30, I left Debbie's. I may have tried walking home. I may have fallen several times. Or I may have just decided to crawl the entire half mile on my hands and knees. My jeans had no knees left in them. They were just purely holes, which would be trendy these days. But in the 80s, we put patches on those. Apparently, when I got home, I had the same issues with the headphone jack with the key to the house. It wasn't going to fit. I kept trying until my dad came downstairs and let me in. He then helped me up the stairs, held my head over the toilet for a while as the entire contents of the evening made their reappearance and then put me to bed so back to about 7.15 the next morning I go downstairs, he's made me breakfast I don't recall but I'm pretty sure I didn't eat it because I did not feel like eating it I did not feel like living at that point even though my dad didn't work there he still drove me into work So he's driving me in. And look, usually it's a a lovely, beautiful drive from Hadfield to Oldham. You're going across the moors. There's just a lot of greenery. It's absolutely beautiful. I don't remember it being that beautiful that day. I kind of seem to remember the fact that there was a hedgehog with a scouring pad in my head rubbing my brain. I get to work. He tells me to get out of the car. He says, you're going to learn a lesson today. I go into the work. I don't think I was the top salesperson that day. I don't remember selling much that day. I remember having some severe intestinal issues and spending a lot of time in the bathroom that day. I remember answering the phone for a customer, saying, putting them on hold, and then kind of forgetting about them for about 10 minutes when they still happened to be on when I remembered walking past the phone it was not the best day it was not my proudest day after that it took me about 10 years before I could drink wine again 10 years I was 26 I've made up for that since. I've drunk a lot of wine since then. 
However, beer. Every now and again, I'll try and take a sip. It tastes like vomit to me. I can't do it. It's vile, abhorrent. That night, when I thought Debbie had gone with a gotcha, and I had gone with the reverse gotcha, it was actually a double reverse gotcha. (laughs) Because I ended up closing off an entire branch of alcoholic beverages to myself. Now, today I actually talked to Debbie and told her I was going to tell this story tonight. And she said to me to mention that since that night, she hasn't been able to drink gin. But that's her story to tell. And this was mine. If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, plenty of ways to pitch your story, and our podcast featuring storytellers from previous shows. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.